Hello, welcome to summer and welcome to the Friendly City Insider podcast, your inside look at news and events from Moose Jaw City Hall. I'm communications manager Craig Hemingway and on this episode, just in time for summer, well it's Parks and Recreation Month. From flowers and trees to swimming pools and playgrounds, we've got everything you need to know about what our crews are up to to keep our city beautiful and active through summer and of course all the things you can enjoy uh, through the city of Moose Jaw through the summer months. Before we get there, just a few quick notes. One of the first signs of summer, you can see it up on the Thatcher Drive East, the Moose Jaw Hometown Fair. You can smell the corn dogs and mini donuts in the air, so have some fun there if you're heading there this weekend, which runs through the 24th, of course. And to help navigate your way to the Hometown Fair, uh, freshly painted lines on City of Moose Jaw streets. Our crew's been out to the last few weeks uh, updating the lines on many of our streets, and uh, not an insignificant thing for sure. In fact, it was just last week we got a call to this office from a, a real friendly a uh, lady from Vancouver who was in town for a few days. And to, uh, to paraphrase uh, Bruce Coburn, she was wondering where the lines are. Because at that point, Thatcher had not been painted. And of course, uh, there were changes to that intersection, Thatcher and Maine, last year. And, and yeah, things have changed. And if you aren't from here, certainly uh, there could be a little bit of confusion. But uh, the lines are down now, and, uh, and we appreciate those comments. So if you've got any questions like that about some of the work that maybe hasn't yet to happen, by all means, uh, get a hold of the city of Moosha here. And, and my number is 694-4406. Uh, a few other things to mention, High Street construction continues and is moving along nicely. Three and four hundred blocks will get their final paving starting June 25th, should last about a week. The five to eight hundred blocks will be done mid-July and then that will be it for the entire project. Businesses of course remain open and access is far easier and as always we thank everyone for their patience while that work continues. You can find the latest update on High Street on the website at moosejaw.ca. There is, by the way, a lot of other road work planned this summer. Some of it uh, has actually started already. 13th Avenue Northwest, uh, 9th Avenue Southwest in front of the Co-op Gas Bar got uh, fixed uh, earlier this week, and there is more on the way. We'll continue to update that uh, as it continues as well. Some other things. It's tax time. Property taxes due by June 30th. There are a few ways to pay your bill, either in person, through the mail, through your bank, Full details at moosejaw.ca. And looking ahead, boy, a lot of big events coming our way, including Canada Day, our local Canada Day committee with a full day of July 1st events in Crescent Park. Uh, and we can't forget the annual Moose Jog that day, Councillor Don Looning's fundraising event in Waccamaw Valley, uh, that great run that's raised thousands of dollars for the Moose Jaw Health Foundation. Sidewalk Days, July 5th through 7th through downtown Moose Jaw. And the Highway to Heroes Classic Car Show and Concert at 15 Wing, July 15th, including this year, a performance by the Canadian Air Force Snowbirds. Mark that one down. It's going to be fantastic. Now, here we are in June. As we said, the school's just about out. Uh, summer has begun, and it's Parks and Recreation Month. Uh, between our pools, parks, playgrounds, and other city spaces, our crews manage a lot of initiatives, and it takes a lot of hands to make it all work. In addition to full-time staff, the city does hire an additional 21 temporary laborers for summer employment. Some are veterans. They're back every year. Some are students. Their first summer job after their first or second year, or whatever year of post-secondary, uh, all of them doing a lot of dirty work in the heat 
to make our city better and more beautiful. You know, a few of those summer students went above and beyond this month also as they were planting flowers in Crescent Park. Uh, there is a flower bed with an arrangement that spells out Humboldt Strong in yellow flowers, a tribute to the members of the Humboldt Broncos hockey team that lost their lives in that terrible crash in April. So here's to Kaylee Cousins, Jade Bennett, Anne-Marie Stewart, Austin Drake, Jonathan Phillips, Dylan Dufresne, Dylan Pizio, Dalton Wolf. That's the Parks and Rec crew that planted that uh, amazing tribute. Uh, Use the Athabasca Street entrance to Crescent Park to see that right now. Now, someone who oversees all that planting is our City Parks gardener, Sarah Regent, and she joins us now to talk about all the planting you likely have noticed, plus how to nominate your own space for a beautification award this summer. Sarah, thanks for being on the podcast. You're welcome. Thanks for having me on. And thanks for taking a few minutes because you have been spending so much time outside, you don't have often uh, during your days a few minutes to spare because you've been so busy uh, with you and the crews out uh, planting flowers, trees, shrubs, so many things that have become very, very noticeable here over the last couple of weeks in the city. So can you talk about that process of, of, uh, of going out and getting that planting done, where it's being done, and just the sheer volume of, of plants and trees and shrubs that are uh, being planted this year in the city? Sure. Yeah, we have a really big planting year this year, actually. Um, a big project that we have going on right now is a downtown media restoration project. So a lot of people have noticed that the medians in our downtown core, the grass on them was starting not to look so good. Um, we're starting to get a bit of buildup of sand on them just from years and years of snow plowing. So we decided to totally redo them and go for a lower maintenance look. Um, so we have a bunch of perennials there. We have over 3,200 perennials going in downtown and they're all low maintenance, drought tolerant perennials. They'll add some color all season long and we won't have to go mowing and weed whipping them anymore. And we also added a few raised planters um, to help offset um, sort of the loss of space where we would maybe put some normal flower pots. And so we've planted those with annuals um, in combination with all the annuals that we've put in Crescent Park. And we're also putting some pots now at the bottom of the 4th Avenue Bridge by Lillooet and Cotto Street. So watch for those just to help brighten up South Hill a little bit. And we also do have some over in Rosedale Cemetery and on Thatcher Drive East. And in total, it is nearly um, 43,000 annual plants throughout the city. So it is a lot of work. The crews have worked very hard to get all of those in, along with all the perennials. And we did um, about 160 shrubs. We also have 75 trees going out this spring, uh, mostly as replacement trees for ones that we lost on the boulevards for various reasons or to help tree our new subdivisions that just don't have any trees yet. Sure. And we're going to get to uh, trees and you know, some of the diseases we're, we're, we're managing here in just a little bit. But yeah, back to the flowers uh, and all that planting done, you know, by yourself, leading a crew. And of course, a lot of it are, are summer students. This is kind of like they start for the city for the summer at a university and boom, they're into planting, aren't they? Yeah, pretty much. They have a couple of weeks um, where we're prepping the beds and there's still a chance of frost. So we're just making sure those beds are nice and clean and weed free. And then, yeah, we get going right away as soon as we can. And we do a lot of work and they, they worked really quickly. Um, and actually our students this year are, are really good. We always let them design a bed. So if you head to Crescent Park, just off of Athabasca Street, you'll see there is a hashtag humble bed, which was the kid's idea. It's a yeah. really great one. That's awesome. That's it's so nice. So uh, yes, you mentioned trees and uh, and every year, you know, we, we talk about Dutch elm disease and the need to, to manage that. Uh, something new, uh, a new 
pest to fight, the emerald ash borer, which we uh, did put a little bit on a few months ago about the, the prospect of having this uh, insect. Is it insect? It's an insect, This yeah. insect in our midst in the city of Moose Jaw. So can you give us an update uh, where we're at uh, with the city's efforts in trying to manage that and how residents uh, can play a role, if at all? Sure, yeah. So um, because we have emerald ash borer getting closer every year, we just found it in Winnipeg over the winter, we have decided to put out traps. So we have five, um, they're called green prism traps. And if you happen to see them, they're up in the ash tree about 30 feet high. They're a large green triangular trap. And there's hormones to attract beetles and the traps themselves are sticky. So if we do have any beetles, we are hoping that they will get stuck to the traps. And the earlier we know about the beetles, the better chance we have of managing them, slowing them down and hopefully saving at least some of our ash trees. So if you do see the traps, um, please just leave them alone and leave the tree alone, as if you go knocking it around, you can interrupt the trap's effectiveness. Okay, so that's the emerald ash borer uh, Dutch elm disease, which is maybe a little more familiar to us all. Where are we with that? With Dutch elm disease, it's fairly established in Moosha and the surrounding area. We've had it for almost 20 years now, um, so we're in sort of a management phase. We've done a pretty good job of it. We don't lose very many trees, usually it's somewhere between 10 to 20 a year, um, but we do need to stay on top of identifying the trees that are infected as soon as we possibly can and getting them removed quickly so that they don't have a chance to infect other trees. We have a lot of elms throughout the city, so we do ask residents to watch their trees, and if all of a sudden you see one of your trees that looked healthy, all of a sudden the leaves are wilting, maybe they're turning yellow or brown, please call Parks and Rec, we can come out, take a look, um, if it looks like Dutch elm disease, we can have it sampled and sent to a lab just to confirm one way or the other. And, you know, speaking of, you know, trees and, and not looking in great shape, um, is it true that, that really it was kind of a rough winter for a lot of trees and many people are, are finding that some of their trees are struggling just because of the environmental factors that we went through? Absolutely. Um, we had quite a tough winter. I think it was a lot harsher than a lot of people realized. The biggest thing is that we would have um, really cold but no snow cover or very little snow cover and we had a few periods over the winter where it did warm up and get quite warm um, so the trees kind of think oh maybe it's spring they start to wake up a little bit and then it hits minus 30 again um, so we do have some winter injury from those um, atypical weather patterns so some of our trees were quite slow to leaf out or they maybe just didn't leaf out on certain branches and that's just from the tough winter now, um, I want to move on to quickly, uh, before we get to beautification awards, I just want to touch base again on uh, something that's been out for a few weeks now, is the, the, the city's uh, tree value program, the awareness program. We're tagging trees with a, with a value. Uh, just run us through that process again and, and why we did this, Sarah. Yeah, so we have the tree value awareness program. It launched a couple of weeks ago in our downtown course. We have tagged, I believe it's eight trees, and they have... Um, the value listed in a couple of different ways. A few of them have been assessed just through a normal tree assessment process. And some of them are up around the $6,000 mark. And that is the value of you know the effort we've put into the tree, how much it's increasing the property values of the buildings around it, the um, economic savings in terms of like reduced air conditioning needs, um, reduced stormwater management capacity, all those kind of great things that trees do for us, as well as helping to remove pollutants from the air. And that's especially important in our downtown where we do have a lot of traffic. So a few of them also are listed in terms of kilograms of carbon dioxide they remove from the atmosphere per year. And we have a couple of different ways that we illustrate that just to help people appreciate trees and all the things that they do for us other than just 
provide shade and a home for birds, which tends to be all we think about. Now, finally, our city annually runs beautification awards for those people, and we know there are lots of them that like to put a lot of effort uh, into the aesthetics of, of their exterior of their homes, all their landscaping and such. So talk about how, if I want to show off my home and, and maybe get an award for it, how do I do that? You will enter yourself in the beautification awards. And so you can enter your own property, or if you have a neighbor or a friend that you think really deserves to be recognized, you can nominate them as well. We have the forms available online. That's probably your easiest way to get a hold of them. And we also have them in the Parks and Rec office, and a few of our sponsors have them as well. Um, so we do want to give a big shout out to our sponsors. This year they are Windmill Greenhouses, Emerald Custom Creations, Cornell Design and Landscaping, and Keon Garden Center. All of them have been great supporters of Beautification Awards for many years. Without them, we couldn't hold them. Um, so they are awesome. It's definitely, uh, you can talk to them about it. Lots of them have sent judges in the past. So maybe you can sneak a few tips of what judges are looking for. Because we do have five different categories as well. So any kind of property can qualify for the Beautification Awards. Yeah, it's nice to have the sponsors on board. And of course, all, all those sponsors can supply items that yes. will help uh, the beautification process for. Uh, you're outside of your home. So get answered. You can find information on the City of Moose Jaw's website or uh, up in Parks and Recreation. Sarah Region, our Parks Gardener. Anything else to add? I think we've covered a lot of stuff today. Um, that's all our big things. There's just a lot going on in the summer in the world of horticulture. Yeah, a lot going on indeed. And it's not all horticulture either. Have you seen the City Summer Rec Guide yet? Plenty of activity all summer for those of all ages between the pools, parks, and playgrounds. And to give us the lowdown is Parks and Rec Program Supervisor Shelly Howe. Shelly, glad you could join us. Thank you very much for having me, Craig. It's great uh, to have you. And, and as I mentioned to Sarah Regent uh, earlier, you know, it's, uh, I'm happy that you're able to take a few minutes because I know you're incredibly busy uh, all the time, but especially this month when there's so much happening and preparing for summer. Uh, and, you know, people start taking holidays and there's so much programming that happens uh, in the Parks and Rec Department through summertime. Wanted to catch up with some of that and remind uh, our residents and anybody of all the great stuff they can take advantage of this summer. So let's start with uh, going swimming. Uh, lots of summertime heat hitting us here and lots of school classes going for swims before the end of school and all those things to take uh, care of. Of course, Phyllis Door Outdoor Pool has been open uh, since June 11th uh, and of course tied into the annual maintenance shutdown over at the Sportsplex. So, so talk about how things have been going uh, to start things at the Phyllis Dewar. For sure. Uh, it's been a very busy summer already and we do have the outdoor pool up and running. The water is beautiful. The weather has been great and we've had lots of people take advantage of getting their swims in outside while we're closed at the Sportsplex. Yeah, and of course, while that happens, all the regular programming water workout classes that would always take place at the Sportsplex, they've moved outdoors to the Phyllis Dewar as well and have to imagine people always really enjoy doing that uh, at the Phyllis Dewar. Absolutely, yeah. The, the program hours are a little bit different at the outdoor pool, uh, but we have lots of dedicated swimmers and dedicated people coming to our water workout classes. And of course, as you mentioned, the pool is going to be busy the next uh 10 days or so while school's still in session. We've got lots of school groups coming in the afternoons. Yeah, that's fantastic. And of course, uh, the shutdown runs through uh, July 1st, opening again at the Sportsplex July 2nd. Uh, we should remind people that the Phyllis Dewar, of course, open through the summer, but if they want to have some fun on Canada Day, the pool mm -hmm. is open. Absolutely. Uh, we've got our regular adult swim on Canada Day from 12 to 1, and that's regular admission. And then we've got a Toonie public swim from 1 to 8.30 on Canada Day. Great deal. Bring the family down. We're going to have 
games and prizes, uh, probably some opportunity to do other things in the park surrounding the pool as well, and uh, maybe an opportunity to buy some snacks as well. Yeah, there's candidate activities planned uh, from the candidate committee in Crescent mm -hmm. Park. So boy, it's just nice to have that that swim as part of all that activity. Uh, not that long ago, we uh, were promoting the fact that you were trying to recruit lifeguards. Do we have a full complement of lifeguards for this summer? You betcha. We've got 37 lifeguards on staff this summer, which will run our two pools uh, for all of July and August. And we've got amazing things planned this summer. Special event days uh, at both pools. We're going to be celebrating National Drowning Prevention Week the third week in July and doing some demonstrations for the public as well as some other activities for people that swing by. And uh, one thing that we've expanded upon this summer are programs for kids. So we've been offering activity clubs during the school breaks through the year and we've decided to extend that into the summer. And children can register for one week at a time, afternoons at the outdoor pool, and learn a little bit about life-saving, lifeguarding, and have a good time doing it. And what's the age range for those? Uh, basically, the kids uh, are going to be probably between 8 and 13, and they need to be able to uh, swim to use the deep end and, and learn uh, some advanced skills, I well, guess. Well, that only makes sense, I would think, for sure. Uh, we mentioned the water workout classes, of course, the summer programming. Uh, and I want to touch on something else that the kids can take part of through the summer, uh, away from the pool, the annual playground programming, of course. So we've got everybody hired up, all of our instructors, uh, supervisors lined up for the playground programs. How does that work and how can parents get their kids to uh, the, the playgrounds? For sure. So the best way to start is to check online on mushja.ca because we've got a list of all the places that the playgrounds will be offered uh, with programming this summer. And once uh, parents and kids have decided which playground their child wants to attend uh, in their area, then they'll just stop in the first day, uh, whenever that might be, beginning July 4th. And they register there on the spot. It's free. And we've got two... Uh, qualified play leaders at each program this summer. Is there a maximum number of kids allowed at each one? Um, you know, pretty much we've never had to turn kids away. Uh, we've had to rearrange some staffing in the past to make sure we can accommodate everyone. And so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure that's what we would work towards this summer again. Yeah, certainly. That first day, as you mentioned on sign-up, you have a mm -hmm. good idea then of how many kids you've got and then how many people you need to have to make sure they're all looked after properly, right? Absolutely. And you know, um, if people decide this is something that they want to do even halfway through the summer, uh, they can start at any time. They don't need to start on July 4th when the program begins. They can come any day of the week, uh, Monday to Friday between 10 a.m. and 4 p.m. and just need to have that parent with them to register that first day. And the program runs until the 13th of August. So uh, kids, when they come, uh, they would just come in to bring a lunch, that sort of thing, and a couple snacks to get them through? Absolutely, they can. Uh, some kids are in the neighborhood choose to go home for lunch, and we also work with Hunger and Musha for those kids that, uh, that can't bring a lunch with them. Fantastic. So much going on, and I know uh, not only the playground programs and the swimming we've touched on, uh, but everything else, uh, and it's hard to list everything, but it's all in the Summer Recreation Guide, right? It is, and that is, of course, available online at mushda.ca. And, and, you know, we, of course, love to focus on kids' programming, but we also have lots of adult programs running uh, from water workout classes at both inside uh, and outdoor pools. Uh, as well, we've got uh, Summer Pickleball will be starting again at the Kinsman 
arena on the sport court floor and um yeah just lot enjoy the trails and so much to do yeah no and really kudos to you and the entire parks and recreation staff for uh the beautification of course we've talked about that's going on and the amount of programming that that is happening here in the city of moose jaw um the money's been allocated to make sure these programs go right and, and so we've got our, our dedicated crews making sure that we can pull all this stuff off so it's fantastic stuff we'll again direct you to the website moosejaw.ca to find out everything you need to know about parks and Rec programs this summer swimming and otherwise shelly anything we've missed you know uh there is just so much i'm sure we have missed something but it's all there and um just just so much to do to keep busy and active with and uh, we just really encourage people to use use what we have in our beautiful city our thanks to Shelley Howe, Recreation Program Supervisor, and Sarah Regent, our City Parks Gardener, for joining us on the Friendly City Insider Podcast. I'm Craig Hemingway. We'll be back the week of July 16th with our next episode. Uh, in the meantime, have a wonderful start to your summer. Congratulations to everyone uh, who's graduating high school uh, this month, and here's the safe travels on your summer holiday.